We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The audio, no, the audio roger, that's it. <laughs> hey, everyone, and welcome back to How Did We Get Here? The Audio Road Trip with No Breaks. The only one at that. And today's topic... We will be talking about the myopic arrogance of a server memorizing your order. And Zach, this is something very personal to you. Oh, God, yeah. So we talked about it last week. This just mm-hmm. happened to me a few, uh, a little while ago. I we it's went out to go week. eat. They forgot. Yeah, yeah, it's been a whole week. Basically, uh, we went out to go eat, myself, a friend, and my wife. And uh, the guy taking our order, as he took the order, didn't write anything down. I'm not going to explain further than that because, yeah, seriously. I mean, like, I feel like this is an experience everybody has had. But it frustrated me on such a fundamental level, the audacity, Mm -hmm. the arrogance, that I just had to bring it up here. How do you reject modern advancements this hard? This is like a caveman who doesn't want to use the wheel. I mean, this isn't even rejecting, like, technology, I guess. Uh, it's a pin and a pencil. Like, that's all I'm asking. I guess that is technology at some level. But I think it's just, it's it's some level of modern, like, he's trying to do it as, like, the cavemen did, When you know? were pencils invented? BC. They are declining technology from 1795 just to look smart. <laughs> I can't believe it's only 1795. I definitely would have thought it was older than that. I guess there's, like, graphite and quills. Yeah, I guess though, this right? is the modern pencil, which I think is what we're more talking about Yeah, in such a handheld fashion. I just like, okay, so so the long and short of it, the guy didn't write down my order and he got it mm, wrong. It wasn't yeah. a big deal, you know? No. It's just, I didn't have beans, I, I did not want beans in the burrito. He brought me back beans in the burrito. Whatever, okay? You know, I, I'll take it back. It's fine. Yeah. It's just, it just is. Just to like paint the scenario more. Let's let's get everyone involved yeah, in this. Yeah, paint a picture. You're out at dinner with, let's say, a group of four friends. Good number. And no, no, let, let's raise the stakes. Let's say six. You know, that, that's a lot of orders, six sure, yeah, to be exact. That's, that's a hard table. Not extreme, and but you're on hard mode. Your server comes around and asks everyone what they want, and he's just making direct eye contact with you and going person by person and just memorizing what you want. And, you know, like, sometimes people say, oh, I would like the burger with no pickles. Also, I'd like it medium well, perhaps, you know? And, like, it's just, like, a lot of different things you have to memorize and... It's it's like he goes around the table, has all six orders and goes, I'll put it in right now. And I've been a server, you know, like from going from table to put an order in, you can get stopped by another table you have. You can help another people. You can have 
you just might be going to another table that you might ask to get a drink. Like there's, you might just have a manager talk to you or someone else talk to you. Or someone come up and says, hey, where's the bathroom? And like any interruption can throw off the flow of your memorization. And it's just like, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. It's such an avoidable problem. Like the the waiter has so many side quests that can pop up at any moment. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like a mobile game and you just get notifications constantly. Like I I don't think there's any reason that you shouldn't be writing this stuff down. And you made a good point that like, if you're going out to a restaurant, the last thing you want to feel is anxious. So, I don't want like, to worry about that. It is a discussion that the server is trying to, you know, there is an amount of charisma that comes with being a good server. Of course. And it is thought that like a writing pad or anything of the such could be a potential barrier to have a form a connection with said customer. Mm-hmm. And I understand where that's coming from because the, the locking eyes is very intimate when I'm ordering chicken strips. But... <laughs> Come, I, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I feel like it's a server's job to be welcoming, to put you at ease, to welcome you into his place of res. Well, that makes it sounds like he lives there. Some of them might. I don't might know. Might as well. But regardless, yeah, I was going to, for all intents and purposes, if I go to visit you at a restaurant, you live, sleep, breathe that place, and you're making me nervous with a totally avoidable thing. It's just. You exclusively exist in this venue. This well, it's the only place I've ever seen you. We've exactly. just met, and this is first impressions are important. And I, I think one point is like, who do you think was the first guy to do this? Like the first waiter to not write anything down, and everybody else on the line is like, oh shit. I mean, here's the other thing: it's just what does it add to the experience? Like, you know, you might have a very complicated order. Like, if you have six people and each have one modification. That is essentially 12 orders, I feel. Yeah. You know, yeah. is 12 topics of memorization. And I wouldn't ever trust myself that 100%, maybe a lot of the time, but not 100% of the time, will I be able to memorize 12 things in order. It's, I don't get it. I don't get it. It It is true arrogance in its most pure form. Yeah. And it only exists to make the guy look good. Like, yes. there's no real reason for him to do it it's that I, I just don't it's selfish really it is it truly it, and like i feel like restaurants should just outlaw if i was a manager and i saw somebody doing that i would, I would outlaw that so hard seriously there's a term in pro wrestling called going into business for yourself mm-hmm. it's basically trying to make yourself look good while the other guys look bad it's not necessarily like making it's not putting yourself over which is like it. it's basically a way of not caring about any of the etiquette or any of the other pieces uh, that go into the delicate system of processes that is ordering and serving food. And that's what they're doing. And mm-hmm. I got I, I tweeted this out, and the first response I got, most people were laughed, you know, they thought it was funny and they agreed, you know, hashtag relatable. Um, and then I found out Conan O'Brien did this bit before too. And I'm like, ah, there it is, parallel thinking. Not that mm-hmm. it's like a totally unique thing. Everybody's had this happen. But then what always happens, and I don't know if you've had this experience too, the third wave of people are people who like are outside of my network, who don't know who I am, who don't know who my like my following is. So they're just mad. Like they mm-hmm. think I'm criticizing working class people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm I'm in my ivory tower mad at them. And that's bizarre because they get very hostile. With with people just not memorizing the orders, 
I think, let's say 80% of the time I've seen someone do it, it has turned out to be fine. Sure. But like saying that one in five of your restaurant experiences are subpar is like, that's a problem, I feel. Yeah, 20%? Yeah, 20%. I just think like one in five is sounds much more like e- terrifying to memorize sure. or visualize. Yeah. Like, Particularly if to, you have a big group. Yeah, I went to a pasta place with uh, four of my friends the other day, and I also had a server who did not write it down. Uh, and, and pasta's hard. I mean, I, I don't think so, because I feel like no one really gets modifications on pasta. It's just kind of like these five dishes. Well, if you put like meat in it, or like if you want to use penne instead of angel hair or something like that, maybe yeah. I'm just weird. <laughs> Everyone ordered directly from the menu as it was from the menu. No modifications. Five spaghettis. Yeah. Okay. Five spaghettis. Each a different dish, I will say, but five things direct from the menu. Yeah. And it's like, it's not that I didn't trust them to bring my food to me as I wanted it. Sure. It's just that from that moment to when I get my food, I will be thinking and I will be paranoid. Did they fuck up? Yes. Yeah. And I am going to a restaurant to be a customer. I would like to be in an ivory tower at Cheddar's at um, Charles. Uh, Buca de Beppo. Yeah. Anywhere. If I am at Red Robin, I want to be treated like royalty. Yeah. Put an egg on my burger. I'm the and king. How, how you do that is by just not giving me full-blown anxiety when ordering my food. Yeah, I, I I, don't know. I don't know why you would ever do it. It's frustrating. Apparently, we just looked this up. The human mind can only hold seven to nine ideas at once. Oh, my God. And who are you impressing at that point? Yeah. Oh, look I, at the I, superhuman server. <laughs> Fuck off. He's remembering 15 ideas. How impressive. And like all the variations on all the, or even if you get it 100% right, all I'm going to feel is relief. I'm not going to feel happy or proud or impressed. I'm just going to be like, phew. But that like 20 minutes after you order. Terrifying. I don't know. It's it's like, I'm trying to think of other instances of where this would happen. Like a guy that walks into world war one with like a katana He's like, no, this is fine. I don't need a gun. Who needs modern advancements? You know, I Mm -hmm. just, I don't know. It really is bringing a knife to a gunfight. Except he is unaffected by it. He is giving you a knife to your gunfight. That's a good point. Yeah, he he holds no, well, no, there is risk there. Because, you know, if you're going to, if you're not a great tipper, you might go a little bit lower. I'm... You know, I, I usually go 20, but I did go 15 for this guy. Mm-hmm. As you I know, should. shocking. Yeah. Uh, ter- yeah, I was going to say, like, people will be mad at me. People get very serious about Do you tipping, want to pay 20% tip for anxiety? Yeah, I, I I just can't deal with it. Yeah, I always try and tip 20. If if they do the whole, I'm not, I'm going to memorize your order, I will still tip them 20. I will just be upset about it. <laughs> and then I will think about all the other good servers I tip 20% and think, damn. It's not fair. No justice in this world. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I And you said that you've been a waiter at one point. Mm-hmm. I, I've told you my experiences. Uh, listeners will know. I was waiter at, at, at Bob Evans, the very silly country restaurant, uh, for a while. And, like, don't get me wrong. Being a server is very difficult. It's one of the most thankless tasks, really, along with retail, just having to deal 
with customers on a daily basis. Dealing with people, period, is a thankless job. Seriously. And I think everybody should go through it just once in their lives to get a sense of it. I think that's Mm -hmm. a very, like, common belief. Um, Realistically, I'm never working a job like that again. And Does it feel like you won the lottery? It's just like, thank the Lord. No, it's, it's more so like, but I have already been humbled by the cruel reality that I was working in food. I worked in a grocery store. Yeah. And... I worked in sales. So like I never worked like retail, like at like a clothing store or anything like that. Sure. But I think I, I've been humbled by working with people enough. It's definitely a uh Dude, an, I an enlightening did wedding experience. photography once. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, yeah? Wedding photography is the worst thing you could ever get into. It can't be... Really? Oh, well, I guess everybody's like emotional, right? Like, exactly. Imagine yeah. having to deal with people at their most neurotic and most emotional point at potentially their entire life. And people want this moment of their wedding to be captured forever. Like, yeah. your job is on such high priority to do well because they will hold these pictures that you take for ideally the rest of their mortal lives. Yeah. So when you have that much pressure on you, it's like as a wedding photographer that it fades as time goes on. But like you can photograph as many weddings as you want, but this is that person's realistically first wedding. Yeah. You know, more times than not. And it's like if you upset, like it's not even that you upset them. If you just do anything that upsets them, it's terrifying. Well, it's their very special day, right? Yeah. And and for you, it's it's Tuesday. Yeah, it's, it's another same, day of work. Yeah, it's the same thing as like doctors who deliver a lot of babies. This yeah. is a life-changing moment for the family and one of the greatest days of their lives. And you're just like, oh, I got to go deliver a kid on floor three. And it's just sort of a normal thing. Mm-hmm. But it's, you can't make, you can't drop the baby, you know? But That's you the know main what thing. makes it worth it? May I ask how much you spent on your wedding photographer? Oh, God. Too much. Exactly. I, way Realize too much. You can yeah. do three of those in a weekend. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. So, like, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, boom, boom, boom. Get Oh, man, you could probably double book on a Saturday, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the afternoon mm-hmm. and the evening. You get them. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's the life, dude. If you, any of you guys are out there, we had the college episode last week looking for something to do. D- take up wedding photography. I don't even think you have to be that good of a photographer, right? Uh, Just like No, you really don't. It's like I feel like you could take like two college classes on photography and learn coming from nothing. And you'll yeah. probably be capable. I think the biggest thing is for because you also probably do like engagement photos and then sure. you do... Um, wedding photos. And then you also have to learn how to, typically you edit them as well. And that's a little bit tougher, right? Like the photo, the color correction. And yeah, again, you just do that 
there's like so many softwares like Lightroom that you just kind of like apply all your universal changes sure. and then yeah. just tweak the numbers here and there. But it's, I don't know, man. It's like, it's so possible to do, if you want to push yourself, you could do five in a weekend, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. But it is a very lucrative industry that requires a lot of like emotional turmoil. Sure. <laughs> I guess, because you are being, you know, like summoned you're being uh you're 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 like a little i don't i don't you're, know what's you're the, the house elf you're the yeah. house elf, and you're Ex- like exactly. at somebody's beck and call at all moments apparently yeah. wedding the photographers extended cousins like oh come get a come get a yeah photo with us. oh god <laughs> you have to like make the baby smile yeah. the baby's three and having a tantrum and they're like well this is your job now where's mm-hmm. your little ducky you know why don't you make the kid laugh uh, so I just looked it up. Wedding photographers apparently range from 40K to 60K a year. And I feel don't, like... I don't believe that. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's lowballing it, but I guess it depends on the season, right? There's like wedding season in like uh, yeah. May. I mean, I'm sure month. like it's very hard to book every weekend, but like, you know, I've seen wedding photographers who are like, I'm booked for the next three months. And half yeah. of them are like out of the country. <laughs> That's true. You might get to travel more if you got really good like SEO and put yourself well on Google, like in a high yeah. spot. And all this for like taking pictures of like two rings on white roses, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, I'm it, not trying the, to like dumb down this whole of- industry because I think it's very tasteful. I think a lot of people can bring a lot of things to the table. And I think you yeah. have to have, I, I just don't want to like step on these toes because what I did as a wedding photographer was it was hard of making everyone happy and doing your job. So it, it feels like you're wearing multiple hats because it's not just making the bride happy, making the groom happy. It's like making the random extended cousins who have nothing to lose by ridiculing you. Uh, I guess that's true. I just feel like there's probably like a playbook going into a wedding where it's like, okay, shot of the table where the bride and groom are sitting shot of the father dancing with the daughter and it's like if you have that checklist that'll probably make like 70 percent more than that like 80 percent of people happy because like they get to attach their personal feelings onto it they don't look at it's not like they look at they're like oh this guy's a hack i bet he does this for everybody you know (laughs) Uh uh-huh i'm because you do it for them once and that's all that matters exactly ran a little numbers and let's say I'm a wedding photographer and I charge 3000 for the day. Yeah. And that's just not, Ugh. yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, it also depends on where you're at. That's nuts. Um, but yeah, I even, yeah. And 3000 a day. And let's say I do one wedding a, a week. Sure. That's 52. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's 156 K right there. Mm. But yeah, like I think the other cost of being a wedding photographer is you have to get all of your own equipment and everything yeah. like that. So like a lot of it goes back into it. Um, most of it goes back into it. You're also paying for Adobe Suite, <laughs> realistically. Yeah, which is which can be nuts. I don't think it's yeah. that crazy right now, but like there are also like wedding videographers. Sometimes there's some overlap in that. Yeah, we had a we had a videographer, and they were um, they were extremely. I forget what their cutoff was, but I think that they were, they're like super vegan, right? So they're very pro animal rights. They want, um, super vegan. Yeah. Like super, not just like vegan. Like I don't eat eggs and milk, but like, Mm -hmm. we don't even want to see an animal anywhere, um, for any purpose. So, uh, they, 
were like appalled, I think, when one of our guests had something leather or something like that, even wool, oh, wow. like a wool sweater. Yeah, they took I thought it you really were seriously. like stereotyping all wedding videographers, not just this one. No, 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 no. It was, was not. Like, wow, everybody. that's odd. <laughs> that would be quite a uh, <laughs> quite a generalization to make. Mm-hmm. No, these guys were extremely um, and, and they came at a high cost, but they were very good at what they did. But I wonder if that's like. I don't know. I feel like that's not a common thing to put your own sort of personal beliefs on your work, but I guess it's a differentiator too. Cause you like now it's, if it's, if you're also vegan and you have a wedding wedding videographer, that's vegan, it feels like the complete package, you know, the all vegan wedding. That'd be kind of sick. Sure. <laughs> I don't know where I was I going guess. at this point. I'm just either. saying I had a videographer and they, uh, took themselves very seriously. So I guess that, that it's a it's a field where you get to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. I'd love to have a wedding videographer on, just ask them basic questions like, how much money do you make? <laughs> and then send them on their merry way. That's our first guest, you think? Yeah, just a wedding videographer to ask personally intrusive questions. <laughs> That's funny. Apparently, uh, wedding season extends from late spring and continues through early fall. So yeah. you get about six months. Oh, you're you're a reverse teacher. That's that's it. You got yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, dude, you could be half teacher, half wedding photographer. That's a life you can live. You could be a photography teacher. That's sick. Yeah. Mm, there we go. Oh so my you god. Get to and then supplement. the students graduate and come back to you. That's <laughs> supply and demand. That's genius. You photograph their graduation. Mm-hmm. And then you just oh, dude, being dude, a photographer work- is such a racket. So the photography job I worked, I worked for this. Um, this company called uh, Candid Color. Uh, it was mm-hmm. based in Oklahoma where I grew up. I They kind of like, their whole plan was getting as many people to work for them as possible. And then they would pay above average, but they would make so much more. Sure. You know? And like they were just advertised on Craigslist and stuff like that. So like a lot of the, the contractors they had weren't great. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, they weren't great, <laughs> but every now and then they'd get uh, a, someone like someone like me who mm-hmm. kind of knew what I, I had a whole background of film photography and everything like that. So I knew sure. what to do with photos. You're an artiste. I, I had uh, social skills, which was something that a lot of people there lacked. Sure. And because you had to like be at a football game and be like, hey, would you like a picture? Then they would say no. And you go, okay. And not and get your feelings to, hurt. Yeah. Then you have to... <laughs> you know, take that rejection and walk up to another person be like, do you want your picture taken? And they also go, no. Or sometimes they don't even give you the response. They don't know? look you in the eye. Yeah, you're less than them. They're just shuffling and past you. you talk to a third person. It's like, hey, can I get your picture? And they're like, yeah, of course. And then you get that and you're like, hey, if you want to fill this email card out, we will send you your pictures. And they're like, oh, okay. And then it was pretty much how the payment worked was like, you got... Um, they just kind of said you were paid hourly and then for every hundred emails you got like another 
like, I think it was like, and now that I'm looking back, it was kind of insane. Cause if you went yeah. out and got 300 emails, you got like a $50 bonus. Oh my God. That's it for 300 leads. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's, it's, it's highway robbery. But yeah. when I'm 17, oh no, and I'm yeah. already getting paid $10 an hour. That's a, a huge spiff. Yeah. yeah. Cause like every job I worked before, that minimum wage in Oklahoma was $7.25. Yeah. 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 That was what it was when I was coming up to. Yeah. So I worked $10 an hour and I got an extra 50 buccarinos every 300 pictures I took. <laughs> and, you know, it's it was kind of like the amount of time you were out there. It was kind of like if you got 300, it was at the end anyways. Yeah, no question. So I you were hustling worked my all day. ass off and I was like, I want to hit 600 once. So I, I kept <laughs> doing it. Eventually I did. But what, what I was saying is like I really rose in this company because I clearly had social skills. I had uh, I knew how to take good pictures. Climbing the corporate like ladder. That. Sure. Yeah. And I was still young, so I was, I really didn't do much my senior year of high school because I was like, I would leave school and uh, immediately go to work. And you had to travel across the state for like stuff like this. Sure. And they pay for your gas and everything like that. And it was, it was a really good job that paid really well because I was like 18 making like around $2,000 a month. Oh, that's not bad at all. And like, yeah, you know, live with my parents. I... I am still in high school, and then I was probably making like two thousand twenty five hundred, or maybe up to three thousand. Whenever I like started living on my own, because uh, they do this very rarely, but they moved me from contract to employee. Um, that yeah, they had like maybe twenty employees on on file and like hundreds of contractors. So did you get like benefits? Yeah, I got benefits, yeah. and I got like. I didn't have to wear the stupid shirt to all the shoots. I got to oh. wear like a nice polo instead. So like, you know, when you get a uniform change and a promotion, you really feel like you're a higher class than the other peasants around you. Oh yeah, no question. Because you, you feel like you're elevated beyond the riffraff. Yeah. Even though like you were just standing in the, the thick with them before. Yeah, I am now a lead. And a lot of people who I worked with for, for months were like, oh, Jacob, I didn't know you're a blue shirt now. You know, stuff like that. It's so funny how these jobs will sort of leverage these these positions in that kind of way when yeah. realistically they don't really mean. No, it's, I mean, it's I, just I a way it, for them to keep people happy. Going from contract to employee is a big deal. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Going from neon yellow shirt to blue polo is like, OK, yeah, but it does make you feel important. I uh, I, I used to work at a Brookstone. Do you guys have Brookstones? You know, no, Brookstone, never heard right? of it. Really? Do you have sharper image? Yes. It's that, but smaller. Okay. Uh, Brookstone is essentially like it's in a bunch of malls. It's just like a tinier, sharper image. It's it's full of products that like you would see on like the Amazon Kickstarter page. You're like, oh, that's kind of neat. Maybe I'll get it for my dad because I don't know what else to get him and his birthday's in three days. And it's got mm -hmm. a bunch of little things like that. Um, but we would sell massage chairs there and it's like, you sell a 4K massage chair and you make like a hundred bucks and it felt like that was okay, you know? Yeah. You, you really felt like you were making it when you were able to do that. And selling a massage chair, like, listen, it's not difficult to do because if you're going into the store to buy a massage chair, you know what you're doing. It's not mm -hmm. like you're talking somebody into it. There are a bunch of things like that. The massage chair... 
there were these like little $20 upsells that you would try to get people to buy. And it's like a little light massager, fit, like like a massager with an LED in it named Bob. And if you sell like 10 of those, you make $5. It was, there are so many things like that. They call them spiffs uh, and they're all over retail. Um, but it does make you feel so accomplished. And again, it's sort of gamified too. And it's weird how these companies sort of find ways to trick your lizard brain, whether it's like changing shirts or making mm-hmm. you get 20 sales on these little things. It's It makes you feel like you really did something for the day, you know? Yeah, absolutely. One thing also, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm so embarrassed by this, but at Brookstone, they uh, had personal massagers, which are what you're thinking they are right now. Sounds but, sex. Yeah, but I didn't know that. Sounds sex. There were there. It's like a little bullet, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was just like you put it on your shoulder, like it's travel size, you know. And you get the knots out. Uh, I didn't know we could sell vibrators at the mall, so I would try to sell people that as a shoulder massager. And I was that's nineteen years old. Genuinely. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know. Because, like, to me, vibrators didn't look like that, you know? They're kind of, like, colored pink, you know? Mm -hmm. This was chrome. This was, like... So it was a cool vibrator. Yeah. Easily disguised as a shoulder massager? Not easily. Okay. I think we also had a magic wand. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't know if you've seen those, but they, um, <laughs> they don't look like shoulder massagers. I can no. tell you that much. Well, maybe a little, like you could put that on, on some tension and probably knock it out. You know, I, guess, I just, I guess anything could, any sex toy could probably massage any muscle group. Theoretically. Yeah. If yeah. you get in there deep enough, like if you dig in, I, I just, I, I, I've, I did not know that something was a uh, pleasure toy unless it was explicitly designed with that functionality in mind and the aesthetics conveyed the message. And these did not. These were like space age. It was like a science fiction. It was like a Ray Bradbury thing, you know? I I just, I couldn't, uh, I did not make the connection. And I tried to sell it to so many people and I I didn't understand why I never sold them. Did anyone give you looks? Did you try and sell it to guys? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I'd sold one to a guy who either was humoring me or found a great gift for his lady friend. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but it was, uh, it was, it was a mess. And I remember having a manager. Did you ever work at a job where you had to stand all the time? Uh, yeah. For my photo job, whenever I moved to like sales, you just kind of like sit there and try and convince soccer moms to spend way too much money. Yeah. So you had to like be on your feet all the time to try yeah. to get them interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I asked that because there's this like, I don't know what it is. And I don't know if it still exists. But when I worked at Brookstone, I was like constantly told to be on my feet all the time, even when nobody's in the store. And I guess it's the appearance of being ready and willing and able to help people. But like, have we phased that out yet? Do you think there's such a thing as like too ready? Oh, absolutely. Because I think like, I, if the employee is like too eager, I don't. I don't think I want to work with them. Like yeah. so many times, I go into the store 
and I've been in for two seconds. And like someone's like finding everything all right. I'm like, it's been two seconds. Yeah. And I don't want to say that. So I just say, no, everything's fine. Thank you. But it's just like, what do you want from me? Like, I, I don't know how to tell them you're just looking. But it's it's weird because that's actually company mandated. I also worked at an HH Greg, which is like a shitty Midwest Best Buy. And they told you within 10 seconds of somebody coming in, somebody has to greet them. And thereafter, every minute. So, and, and they would like regulate it. They would make sure. And this is one of the reasons that there's no more of these stores in my area, I think. That don't go to, I think I've said this on the podcast before. Or maybe I just say it a lot in my personal life. Don't go to HH Greg place blows what is um, the, i don't know what this place is it's i didn't either it's basically it's a midwest chain uh they they're sort of like a best buy it's a it's a big box electronic store um mm -hmm. so like you know they sell appliances and tvs and laptops blah 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 but their differentiator is at least on the back end uh you get paid 100 on commission Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There's no hourly wage. Fun. Yeah. And when you sell things like laptops or computers or things like that, the margins are mad low. So if you sell on commission, if you sell five laptops in a day, you mm -hmm. might have a commission of like 200 bucks between all of them because all of them have like $40 margins. Yeah, that's nice though. Yeah, yeah but the TVs though would uh, go crazy. Like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, the TVs, like, the big shots worked in TVs. And, like, you were also sort of incentivized, like... <laughs> the big shots, the hierarchy of the, the employees at Best Buy? Not even a joke. I oh. think that that probably exists at Best Buy, too. But at H.H. Greg, it was, like, the, the, the laptops were, like, the nerdy dorks still in college or, like, just out of college. And the TV guys were, like, 50-year-old grizzled veterans who had, like, a family of four to provide for. Mm -hmm. And if, if you wandered in... To the TV section trying to sell somebody, God help you, because they would eat you alive. Like they would steal the person. If you went to the bathroom or tried to find a TV, they would take them. It was absurd, dude. Wait, on March 6, 2017, HH Greg filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Good. Woo! Good. Hell yeah. Start one for the little guys. Fuck those guys. Ugh. I think the other thing that's so fascinating to me is just hierarchy in any job. Yeah. Because I think it makes so much sense to you after being there. But, but on the doesn't. outside, it, yeah, it's it's yeah. nonsense. Yeah, because it, it means you're both working for H.H. Greg. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day. I'm sure Best Buy has the same thing, though. Like, if you're selling yeah. phones, I feel I, like TVs are probably at the thing, top. That whenever someone is trying to sell me something, they always try and, like, reassure me. Like, they're like, I don't care what you do. Like, I don't make commission from this. And I'm just like, okay. Uh, yeah, what? but that's that's a that I think that's a response to the op like I think that's a cultural like generational thing, you know? Like yeah. everybody before was worried about the commission guy trying to sell you into something yeah. that you didn't want. Now it's I like, just think it's funny that people always remind me. Yeah. Well, they, they, I guess I guess they have to, you know. It's Uh-huh. It's sort of the earliest check you could do. 
I feel like it's it's probably cell phone, then laptops, then TVs. Dude, appliances probably make the most money. Appliances always have the old sales guys. Oh, that makes sense. That's that's like you're not you just could not even fathom working right. there. Yeah, that's that guy's going to Aruba every weekend. That feels like the yeah. Supreme Court. Like you have to die <laughs> for that spot to open up. And then the council has to vote you in. Yeah. You have to like go to the CEO and make a blood sacrifice and and then you're in. I just, I feel like those guys are, it's always one guy working the whole floor of appliances. Meanwhile, the video game section has like six dudes picking their nose. You know, the, the Lord of appliances. And the guy in appliances is watching down from his washing machine throne. Oh, every time. Yeah. He's sitting on a pile of LGs and Mayweathers and he's mm-hmm. just like looking down at you. Oh God. Yeah, those guys make bank, I think. He's on a double stack staring at these kitties throwing Nintendo games at each other. <laughs> I bet they get, they get like, I bet those guys travel. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm opening a new store in Texas, mm-hmm. they're like, mm-hmm. we need an appliance guy. And they call you in somebody him. from Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. the closer. You bring Walter in. <laughs> it's always Walter with the glasses. Yeah, you can picture him with, like, the button shirt and everything. Oh, God. And and he's so good, dude. He he believes everything that he says. He he assures me that he doesn't work on commission, but he does, and he's gonna sell me a whole package. And all the he Samsung. like has the nicest washing machine you've ever seen at his home. <laughs> the rest of the home is like a modest townhouse, <laughs> you know, twenty three hundred square feet. He's doing fine, a good yard, but that washing machine is state of the art. Every time he has like. His son has friends over. He's like, oh, hey, Chris, tell all your friends to come look at the fridge. <laughs> You're like, they have Twitter on this thing. Does your mom need a washing machine? Surely she does. Call <laughs> old Walt. Walt will take care <laughs> of you. Come on down to Best Buy. When Walt sleeps with her, has an affair. <laughs> I just, I, I, I don't, I know that these hierarchies exist in all institutions, mm-hmm. but it's so bizarre on the, uh, uh, oh, what? Hold on. Okay, go back. We're going oh. back. We're going to jump back one. The global sex toy market is expected to grow by about 9% between what? 2019 to 2026, 2026 from approximately 29 billion to 53 billion. Where did you I think I mean I guess washing machines can be sex toys. Oh yeah. I've seen that mobile game ad. Have you seen that yeah. one? Lily's yeah, Garden? It yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like does that actually happen or is that like a like it's stuck I, in the washing machine? No, the the like the woman sitting on the washing machine. Mm. Is that like a is that a thing that people do or is that like in the cartoons where the elephant is afraid of the mouse? I think that. You know? Yeah. One of my favorite things to do is I like making any friend of mine uncomfortable in public. As you do. Yeah. Which is part of the course. Yeah. Um with a a simple word uh, if you refer to any of your friends as stepsis or stepbro in public, you get the weirdest looks. No. Oh, I will. Do you? Why would yeah. you? Because it's funny. But do you think, why do you get weird looks though? Because I feel like that's like not that weird, right? I think there's a taboo with how mainstream pornography is right now. You think so? I think so, because I don't think anyone calls their stepbrother stepbro. <laughs> and I think, like, you know how, like, the word daddy doesn't mean father anymore? Yeah. 
I think stepbro yeah. doesn't mean stepbrother. Do you really think that incest porn has like become mainstream in that way? Uh, yes. Given the I, looks I get, yes. Okay. Damn, that's a good, that's a good experiment. I would have never guessed that, dude. I would have thought something, that it would have been totally normal. Something that I like doing, because like I have a lot of like female friends, and sometimes we go out. Sure. And then you know you have that person who just intrusively asks, like, "Oh, are you guys a couple?" And I always lie through my teeth and say, "No, that's my stepsister," because then it's weird. <laughs> it's so much weirder than, "Oh, that's my sister." Somehow, yeah. Well, because step siblings don't really. Ha Do you have any step siblings? Yeah, I have one. Yeah, I had. Uh, I have a couple, and I don't really hang out with them. Like we don't go places, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be what it is. I have a good That's, relationship with my stepsister, but it's kind of like her and I are so close where I would just call her my sister in any scenario. Yeah, 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 exactly. How do you walk that fine line between not calling them sister but still being close enough to hang out? That's, oh, that is weird the more that I think about it. Yeah, I will say, I think, like, if you're hanging out and you, and you look and you're so physically close that oh, it yeah. looks like you could be dating... And then you say, oh, that's my sepsis. I think it's, just, I don't know, man. I'm fucked up. I just like making people uncomfortable. And I just, it's all, life is just an experiment. And I am conducting it. A lot and of it I is body language. Yeah. throw a lot of independent variables out into the wild and just see what happens. A lot of it is just the audience. You just want to yeah. see how the audience responds. And the audience, all the world's a stage, right? Just Correct. You just do whatever and see what happens. And uh, it sounds like you get a pretty regular response to that. But don't do it to me, please. I'm about to come out there next week. Just Matter of time, man. Be nice to me. Don't do it at the Santa Monica McDonald's. Just promise me that. That's already There's a, a lot hellish that place. that goes on in the Santa Monica. <laughs> I, I wish it was a hellish place. It's, I'm going to um, leave different than how zone. I found it. It's more like a purgatory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like that Twilight Zone episode where the guy with all the books. Like, that's just... That with, with McDoubles, yeah. I think, you know, you, you've seen the show Black Mirror? Yeah, of course. I haven't. What? Never? No, nuh-uh. Um, Why? But no reason. I just it's haven't gotten good. around to it. Watch I lost it. my TV remote five months ago, so I haven't watched television in like half a year. How much One Piece have you watched? I don't, I read. You would. Yeah. Nerd L. Um, oh, so like. Mess. I haven't. I just haven't watched TV in a long time, and I'm still waiting for me to find the remote, <laughs> and then I'll watch TV again. You think it'll just pop up? Some, well, I guess they do. Maybe I was I mean, laughing at that, somewhere. but they do do that. Yeah, but yeah, I've never watched Black Mirror, but I've gotten to the point where I I say enough random shit where everyone's like, "Oh, it's like that one episode of Black Mirror." Yeah, and I'm like, "Yeah," and I don't want to go through the whole thing. I just went with you. Like, I hope you don't see Black Mirror. Like, I. I'm yeah. tired. I have things to do. I'm sure that's not the first time you've heard that. No. So I kind of know a lot of Black Mirror episodes, I feel. Or I will. I'll just lie about Black Mirror episodes and people usually just agree. Oh, yeah. Um, you could I, you could guess them. I think I went out to with a few friends to see a free guy the other day. Mm -hmm. And we were just sitting around talking about the movie outside. I was like, you know, it kind of reminded me of the of the one uh, Black Mirror episode, you know, like with the sentience and the AI. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And I'm like, OK, 
yeah, you you actually are right. There's a bunch with that. There's one with like uh, a guy. It doesn't who, matter. Yeah, it does. It there's a guy that like has a Star Trek game with people in it. So like, all you have to do is just vaguely float out terms mm-hmm. that are somewhat like sci-fi, dystopian, technology bad, and you'll land on something. I did learn like two days ago. That is called Black Mirror because it's yourself. Yeah, phones. that took me an embarrassing amount that's of time. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched the show, so that's my <laughs> excuse. I watched three seasons before I figured that out. So you got to it faster. I just know it's about technology is evil and humans don't have rights. Basically, yeah. That's that's sort of at the core of it. Technology is evil, but also good. Like, they, I don't just know. intrusive, right? That's kind of like that's the it. feel that's I That's the word, yeah. Because cause a lot of these things are genuinely really cool texts. It's just like taken to their absolute limit. If you're going to watch one episode, uh, dear listener, if you're going to watch one episode, watch San Junipero. That's the that's like the magnum opus that everybody I, I'm sure I will watch Black Mirror eventually. I'm just yeah. really liking this gray area I'm in where I can easily lie up. I don't know, man. As soon as I watch that show, I lose the ability to just call everything a Black Mirror episode just out of my ass. And I have a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, you can't do it anymore because then you're uh-uh. not being honest with yourself. I mean, I'm not honest now. But... No, but now you have this veil of like, I get it. You know, mm-hmm. even if you don't get it, you have this idea of like, <laughs> I know what this is. But the second that you turn it on, you're cursed with knowledge. And you're like, now exactly. I know what it is. I mean, and I have a lot of friends and in, in my group of friends who are aware of my Black Mirror bit. So Every time, like, no, without fail, we'll just be out talking about stuff. And they're like, it's like that one Black Mirror episode. And they always turn to me to see how I react. <laughs> it's it's kind of like this established bit that I will lie about watching Black Mirror and I will make something up and people will go with it every single time without fail. And it is incredible to me that I just throw buzzwords together and say, oh, it's like that one thing with the cell phone listening in on you, you know? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You probably could throw in another variable and put in like celebrities because John Hamm has been in it. Um, mm. uh, Daniel Kaluuya, I think that's how you oh, say it. Oh, it's like that one John Hamm episode. Even yeah. Though what What is that episode even about? Uh, I don't want to know, actually. I, I actually don't remember. I don't think I've seen the John Hamm one. There's a, I've seen all of them except for like there's a John Hamm one and a Christmas mm-hmm. one. But I did see the Hannah Montana. Why do I say Hannah Montana? I've seen the Miley Cyrus one. Oh, I'm going to start saying that now. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's that just one like Black Mirror Montana. episode with Hannah Montana. And then they go, <laughs> you mean Miley Cyrus? No. No, I don't. No, it's Hannah. Come on. Uh, I, I Yeah, Hannah Montana, Daniel Kaluuya, John Hamm. There's a couple other celebrities, but you could just like, oh, the the one with John Goodman. Yeah. Like, yeah, John oh, wow. Goodman. John Goodman. <laughs> the John Goodman. I love I John had, Goodman. Yeah. He was great. Is great, right? He's is not great. dead. Yeah, is yeah. Great. Okay, he is, is great. great, and was great, and will be great. <laughs> now until forever. 
I hope I hope he's alive by the time this episode comes out. I hope this isn't prophetic. Oh God, dude! Oh, I mean, now I feel bad. Yeah, what if though? He can't be healthy. That's a big fella. That's a big fella. Uh, I saw Alex Trebek in Free Guy. He was in that movie. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Like a CGI Alex Trebek? Or like the no, Alex? I think I mean this was filmed in like 2019. I want to guess. Oh my god! Posthumous appearance from Alex Trebek. Yeah. What did he do? Um. So like the whole phenomenon is like there's this NPC who's being good, mm-hmm. right? So it it just shows the cultural impact on this. Cuts to Ninja saying, "Wow, blue shirt guy, he's being nice. That's crazy." Cuts to Pokemon saying, "Ryan Reynolds is hot." Cuts to Jack guy going, "What?" And then it cuts to uh, like um, Alex Trebek on Jeopardy, and they said this internet phenomenon has shocked the world by being a good guy. And then buzzing, what is blue shirt guy? That's the whole joke. Man. It's not like a joke. It's just showing how he's impacting real culture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think being on Jeopardy is a good indication of that. But yeah, it was Alex Trebek on it. Oh, that, how did it make you feel? It was kind of like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) I I wonder, were you like in a full theater of people? Because I feel like if it was like a full, like there'd be like an audible like, uh. I think it was only me and the people I was with. Because I think it was mainly just like, kids were seeing that movie i felt gotcha yeah, yeah, yeah and like parents and i guess parents just don't care about alex trebek i don't know i feel like they should have but yeah whatever man yeah and, and it makes me wonder like do you think alex trebek knew like in his his dying weeks or months that like probably the last really media release of him would be as a side gag and Ryan Reynolds free guy. Oh man. No, right? I, yeah. if I, if that was my final, I would have worked up all the strength I could, I could muster to do something, start a charity or something. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know if I want to, if I want my final act to be alongside Ryan Reynolds in a, in a movie that's going to fade from public consciousness in like a month. Ninja, yeah. Jacksept- you know, like, I always wonder, like, I think legacy is such an interesting topic. Yeah. I, there's one quote from Hamilton, because um, a legacy is a big topic in that. Sure, sure. And it's, it refers to legacy as uh, sowing the seeds in a garden you never get to see. Yeah. And I just think, like, that's such a cool visualization for it. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a common thing. Like, that's, yeah. um, that's sort of like, I think what I, what really got me was the idea that like, you don't get to control how you're presented in the future. I thought that yeah. was kind of neat when I saw it. Yeah. I we could probably do a whole episode on musicals. I forgot. We both like musicals. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I, I think Hamilton that. is a really good thing. Like, obviously there's a lot of other plot and everything, but the whole movie, the bow that ties the whole musical together is yeah. absolutely legacy. And it just talks about, you know, who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Like you have no control over any of that. Do you uh do you have any pretensions? Do you have any thoughts on that? Like what your legacy is after you're gone or anything like that? Or um I I ultimately don't think it it matters in the in the big scheme sure. of things. So I think yeah. it's like some some real uh up and coming white guy energy to be like, I'm gonna make a difference in this world. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure. YouTube videos. Like, ah, come on. Like well, I know, you, I know what I'm doing. True, like, but you do kind of like. I think there's an interesting point in that 
what you do in the day-to-day feels un- inconsequential, right? Because it's strictly yeah. entertainment. Um, as you get more into the content sphere, you realize mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people go in with mm-hmm. expectations to sort of uh, do sort of the thing that you're doing right now, which is what you want, sort of high effort, high uh, ideation things. But realistically, coming up, you just got to sort of put out stuff. Entertaining stuff, but stuff. I think, like, how I see it is, like, I can entertain people for now. If people come back and watch my stuff, they do. But I don't think... You know, I think the the biggest thing I could possibly do is maybe form someone's sense of humor. Sure. You know, they might pick up on similar speech patterns to me. And... But that's, like, just the, the job description of what an influencer is. I don't think that's something necessarily special. Whereas, like, I... I personally, I would want my legacy to be branching off of this and making something something profound. Like I look at sure. Bo Burnham, who I kind of view as like the one who made it out of YouTube. Sure. You know, and then when he leaves, he has multiple comedy specials that you're like, this is funny, this is good, this is a good comedian. But then when he drops things that like the end of Make Happy and into um, just inside as a whole when he starts delivering stuff like that, like his work is now going to be remembered much more than him saying, I'm Bo Yo on YouTube. Sure. Well, I that's kind of interesting because it almost seems to me like if you are forming somebody's sense of humor and how they sort of perceive the world and, and sort of spit it back out in a way that's humorous, you live on in a passive way in that yeah. you're not at the forefront of their mind because the habits that you've sort of ingrained in them. Like, I watched so much Simpsons growing up, and I think it's really affected, like... And now how... I drink beer and say dough. <laughs> well, it's sort of that, like, the way that no, Simpsons know, jokes present themselves is like, you know, I, I'm sort of... I, I have a lot in that, but I don't think of Simpsons all the time. Meanwhile, it sounds like what you're talking about is, like, this is an active thought of it's something that sort of sticks to you it brands mm-hmm. itself in your mind and that guy is now a part of your consciousness as opposed to like youtubers who you may watch and sort of pick up their stuff but in three years you're not really going to be as into them because you know yeah. maybe life you circumstances up, change really? yeah 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 and and audiences aren't really like we talked about before audiences aren't meant to be around forever no. and uh influencer sort of lifespans are usually the kind of job of any media whether it be on youtube or music or movies is to gain more fans than you're losing yeah because you like if you're not gaining fans you're just losing them like people will move on so that's why like yes it's just in entertainment you can never truly be comfortable it's like no people say no number is ever enough yeah and it's 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 uh, definitely like a vicious circle of like oh trying to be satiated by numbers because that's never going to happen because there's always the fear of losing that number. Yeah. And you're always comparing yourself to other numbers and you're like, this guy's only been doing this for a year and he has more numbers than I do. And it's like as, as easy as it is to tell yourself not to compare yourself to other things, that's just always a prominent thing in any industry like this. I think it's impossible to get away from as soon as you commit yourself to it. Yeah, like, I mean, you're a, a slave to the numbers at that point. Yeah, so like I I, I worked in uh, 
a, a big boy corporate whatever office nine to five job for six years and I streamed on the side and uh, I had like 100 viewers all the time and it was so consistent. It was like I could get 100 viewers doing whatever. And then when I took up the job at, at Panda doing esports stuff, I was like, all right, I'm going to make more content. And like, you know, my numbers jumped up and I thought that I'd be satiated because it's like, yeah, you know, I got 100 for not trying at all. Now mm -hmm. I am trying and I'm getting X. Even if I'm not trying that hard, it, it's like five times what I was trying before. Yeah, but it's it never crazy. stops. It get, never stops. It's your standard grows. Like I remember I was uploading videos and every time they hit like 10K, I was like, I've made it. That's yep. it. Yep, yep, yep. And then it starts. Then I was like, oh, I can hit 50K. And then I was like, wow, I guess I'm hitting 100K consistently. And then like you hit 100K consistently long enough. And then you're like, huh, I guess this is my new standard. And you always like you never consciously recognize it's your new standard. You just kind of get to that point and you're like, oh, I guess this is my standard. And now it's like if a video of mine if something hits 80, then you're like, oh God, it's over. Yeah, yeah. Cause like <laughs> I gotta get I'm a job now. It's just a, it's been like what six years of making content for me. And like I have one video that's been out for a month and it's only at a million views. Yeah. You know, and that's like just I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I performed better. You know, but like Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's it's so easy to come off not necessarily uh arrogant, but entitled almost sure we're like you know you want to stay level-headed you want to stay down to earth and i think like being aware of this almost makes you feel like you are like everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Because -ba -ba. I'm like, I'm not going to let this ruin my whole day. I know that this is still really good. But like deep down, you're like, mm, what could I have done to make that better? And I think that's the healthy mentality. It's like you have a standard. You like numerically, you have a standard. Yeah. And if you don't hit that, it's it's like, what can I do as a creator to to make that better? And I think that's what I have learned to do more. I just it's all about rewording the problems in a healthy manner. I think that's sort of at the core of the creator experience, though, right? You yeah. sort of have to be uh, introspective and reflect on what you're doing to see if it's going to resonate with people. And I don't know what else you can do other than acknowledge that mentality. I don't think it's something I, I you can necessarily like get out of. The unhealthy answer is like a lot of people like to alleviate blame for stuff like this. And they will just say, oh, the algorithm didn't promote my content. Oh, this didn't happen. But usually I feel like it's typically newer creators or much, much older creators who complain of that such. Yeah, I, I was going to say, is it is that I don't think that's a mentality that anybody who's successful would have. Like maybe somebody who had like one banger and then mm -hmm. like yeah, I've always I've seen the, that video a couple times where like you'll find a channel that has one video that's like 400K and everything else is like 2K, 3K, yeah. 4K. It's like I think that mentality comes from someone who had like a brief period of like sure. fame and success. And then let's say they kept getting demonetized. Let's say they just stop putting out good content or just poor advertising. Like that's really yeah. what it is. It's mainly the marketing of the videos that doesn't allow them to perform well. Because like I think a lot of the newer 
fans or no, newer creators don't understand how to make well-marketable content. Sure. And I don't think the older creators want to adapt to the newer forms of advertising your content. Yeah. And I, I think, think that yeah. is like the biggest crutch. Like even for me doing this for six years, like I had to like force myself to step out of what I felt was comfortable for titling and thumbnailing and presenting stuff. Because yeah. it's just like, it's really just sink or swim, adapt or die. Yeah. And and you got to move fast because this stuff is like, there are Fleeting. constantly people. And it's so fleet. Like, I, I can attest to like what you were saying about older guys. Because like, you know, I'm not way older. I'm 32. Yeah. But like, I'm trying to, I'm I'm pretty new on the YouTube sphere. And I've got um somebody sort of figuring out the title, thumbnail, that whole process. I, I hand my YouTube off to somebody else. But it's like, I still have that feeling of, it's this weird, imprinted, naive sort of idea that people are just doing this out of passion. And I think it's because mm -hmm. when I was sort of growing up, it was like it, James Rolfe, angry video game nerd, never thought he would be like a superstar. You know what I mean? He was just a dude in a basement making videos. And I think it was the same for like Ego Raptor, for uh, I'm trying to think of other people that were like on new grounds from that generation that now are like, yeah, like JonTron. I don't know if JonTron mm -hmm. ever wanted to be uh, a millionaire, right? It was just a dude making silly video game videos. And like now it's a machine and it's it's a way out for a lot of people trying to get out of that nine to five, yeah. you know, idea. So, so that idea sort of imprints itself on you that this is a, this is a form that that should come first, that being sort of the passion, the the um, the big idea of the project, the love for the game, as opposed to like, all right, well, I got to put out a Minecraft video because like Friday Night Funkin' is big right now. Let me go mm -hmm. play that. You know what I mean? It's sort of a different mentality. Yeah, content's weird, man. It's a weird you always spot have to, to stay on top and ready to change everything on a moment's notice. I mean, it has so many perks, but it's really just a survivor die mentality. Yeah. And I think the more credit you can give yourself on a success and a downfall is just going to be better. Yeah. And, and trying to stay mentally healthy and balanced is hard. Not everybody's made for it, you know? And that's not to say, like, that's not casting shade, like, you can't handle it. It's like, no, it's it's... In the same way that you were saying, sometimes as a photographer, you just have to handle rejection well. Like, mm -hmm. actors have to do that a lot, too. Um, you know, it, just retail, if you're trying to get sales, you have to hear the word no a lot. And I think being in content, like, you've got to try ideas, and some of them are going to be awful, and they're going to fail. And it's like, well, you can either take it personally and think everybody hates you, or you just, you know, have to figure it out, but... I know we're coming up on an hour, but I thought this was really interesting. We were talking about like legacy and what to do before you uh, before you pass on to the next realm. Uh, we've got the top 10 bucket list items here. I'm going to read these off to you. Let me know if you can kind of see this or if it's something you'd want to do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think the first one being like 52% yeah. of people want to change someone's life for the better. I think that's that easy is, though. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. I you don't, just have a I kid. You can have a kid. You can... Uh, I think it's like something as simple as like... I guess it's 
how hard do you want to impact their life? Like, do you yeah. want to pay for their college tuition and allow them to get a better life? Or do you want to hold the door open for someone at Walmart? Like, well, both that's of those just, change someone's life for the better. I mean, that's the butterfly effect thing, right? Like, if somebody yeah. you hold the door open for somebody and then they're a little bit more happy, they smile more at their job, they get a promotion, blah, blah, blah. But, like, if you're... I think that's probably like directly impacting. You know? Sure, sure, yeah. I just think it's like such a vague topic where like I yeah. think I can set out, I can spend any day saying I'm going to improve one of my friends' lives today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you yeah. can. Mr. Beast does it every day. Yeah. So many cars. Uh, number two is get to my ideal weight, forty-seven percent, which is fascinating to me because I feel like everybody on the planet is not at their ideal weight. Yeah. You know. Like I've been, mm -hmm. I, I'm 175. I've wanted to be 160 or 150 for like eight years. And it's just like, I'm okay. You know, it's like you, you yeah. sort of get out of the idea. I've, I've been, honestly, that's one thing I felt really good. Cause we started a, got a personal trainer mm -hmm. who comes out three times Ooh, a week. Okay. And I am in right now the best shape of my life. And like, um, during quarantine, I, before quarantine, I was at like 180 and then kind of like gained nearly i came like maybe 15 16 17 18 pounds in quarantine which i yeah. think is like not that bad honestly no. i survived it and that was my main goal and so then uh we i started working with a personal trainer and i'm like down to like one like 90 now but the thing is i've lost a lot of weight and i've gained a lot of muscle so like that 190 sure, sure, sure. isn't it's denser. completely honest yeah so i'm in like Probably the best physical condition I've ever been in my life right now, and it feels great. Yeah. I mean, that, Anyways. We, were, we were talking about uh, what it's like to sort of make it when you can get a physical trainer. Like, if you're if you're doing okay and you can do that and it can just become part of, like, your life, yeah. I feel like the most the reason most people aren't at their ideal weight is because most people just, like, don't have the time. They don't have the time, don't have the money for it. It's definitely a luxury, but yeah. it's, like, it's nice to be able to do that and feel good about yourself. Anyway, number three. I'm surprised at this one. 45% of people want to go on a safari. Yeah, that's weird to me. I feel like you could do that. I don't. At, you could do that at Six Flags. I mean, like, yeah. yeah, it's not the same, but like you're seeing the same animals, you know? Number four, go to Six Flags. <laughs> not even 50, Disney? No. I just uh, love Six Flags, bro. Yeah, the number number four would be uh, to ride a hot air balloon. 45% of people. Um. Okay, I mean... I've been on a plane. I don't think that's much different, but okay. Yeah. Number, uh, the next one, what is this, number six? Yeah. Yeah, uh, see the northern lights, and that makes sense. Those Does seem it? cool. Yeah, dude. I see pictures, and I go, oh, that's awesome. No, it's not the same. Okay. Have you, have I mean, you been to the Grand Canyon? of people, I've seen the Grand Canyon. I'm like, damn, those some rocks. Isn't it different, though, when you see it in eh. real life as opposed to the picture? I, I think... Maybe the Northern Lights might hit a little more for me, but the Grand Canyon was just rocks to me, bro. Yeah, well, it is just yeah. <laughs> fundamentally, yeah, it's just a big hole. Yeah. Um. I wow, forty five percent of people also want to go to the Super Bowl. I think that really surprised me because it just reminds me how much of a cultural phenomenon football is. Yeah, that shocks me. Like, yeah, I, I and I guess this is an American based thing because like it's not World Cup. You know, it's American yeah. football. I think these stats are interesting because like it's shocking that like nearly the same amount of people who want to go to the Super Bowl also want to ride a hot air balloon. 
<laughs> Those aren't the same people, right? It's just men and women. That's the split. It's like women want to ride balloons. Men want to go to the Super Bowl, Mars and Venus, you know? And then just, 39% of people want to swim with dolphins. That's cute. I guess that's like trying to get I'm in touch with nature in the same way that the safari is. No, really? Do you know about dolphins? I do. I do. You don't have to explain. I do. But I don't dolphins. think they're that. They don't do that. I don't Not want often. to swim with the dolphins. <laughs> just make sure there's only one of them. And then I don't. You might be I just safe. don't want to swim with the dolphins, man. And then the last one is travel through Europe, which like, sure. The, it's I'll be honest, rich cultural tapestry. Only one on the list I'm interested in. Well, hold on. So the thing about the Super Bowl is that, like, I don't think it's necessarily, I think the only reason it's the Super Bowl is because football is what unifies a lot of sort of the American identity, like you said. Mm -hmm. But for me, I I would make that go to WrestleMania. I'm not a wrestling fan, really. I don't watch it yeah. regularly, but I used to be, and I think it'd be cool to go to. And I feel like maybe it's Coachella for some people. Maybe it's, you know what I mean? I feel like it's a big gathering that's like the peak of your, like E3, you know? Yeah. Some people want to go to E3. I think that's all it is. Yeah, that makes sense. Is there anything like that you want to do? Like a big event that's like VidCon, I maybe? <laughs> am, no, I do not want to go to VidCon. <laughs> I I don't know, man. I feel like I'm so just fine with my life and how sure. it is right now, which is such a nice thing to say. But I, I really... Like people ask me, like, what would you want to do? What are your dreams? What are your aspirations? I'm like, I do shit. Yeah. Like, I don't have anything in particular. It's just like someone pitches something to me. I'm like, that is sounds fun. So I guess I would like to make more friends who will suggest other things for me to do. More friends that you can do the Black Mirror bit for. Yeah, exactly. That you have can you embarrass in public. It's great. <laughs> All right, we're we're at an hour. Thank you guys <laughs> for tuning in to How Do We Get Here. Ring the bell, ding ding ding. Uh, let's do it quick because we're 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 over. Yeah, we're now. pretty over. Oh god. Uh, All right, so waiters. This server. This was server. Yeah, servers don't write things talking down. Talking about photography and other jobs. Went there um, for a while. Then H -H, we talked about uh, whatever. H H Greg employer hierarchy. The Weird hierarchy, shirts. Washing machine. You talked about vibrators at one point. Yeah, had a little bit of that was like a pit stop. We went to go grab snacks. Talked about with vibrators, vibrators and personal uh -huh. massagers, uh, black mirror and fucking with people into technology. We talked about free guy again. Yeah, <laughs> I think this is all out of order, but I'm just trying to hit all the bullet points. Why is free guy a topic of every episode? Ever He's since come I've up seen like it, it's every, been in every time. Episode. Is he just living in your head now? We talked about wedding photography for a minute. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, um, and then and then free guy led into. Black Mirror, which led into culture and which it always is. I hate saying that word so much, yeah. but content creator culture and the content creator mindset into top le bucket 10 list bucket and leaving lists. an impact and leaving and an legacy. impact legacy on the world. Watch Hamilton. We're going to do a musicals episode. It's so what you, your, I know your favorite musical. Did you know I know that? Because I haven't watched what, it yet, but I know what what's it is. my favorite musical. It's Heather's. Yeah, it is. Yep. Yep. Do you know mine? Since we're such good friends, of course, you'll know mine. It's wow. Is that that is all the time we have? Well, oh, be sure man. to follow H uh, H D W G H Cast on Twitter. Wow, Oof. that'll get that, easier to say. Maybe just a little bit of practice. Follow us on Twitter. Also, we're you know where we are in the other things. I'm Zach. That's Jacob. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. How did we get here? Is produced by Deanna Gowland, Jacob Rabin, and Zach Zeeks. 
Our theme music is by Garrett Williamson, and our engineer audio producer is Justin Asher. So what is your favorite musical? Pippin. I never would have guessed that. <laughs> Do you know Pippin? No. Oh, I fucking love Pippin. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.